I'm Warren Berkeley with the Laurel Heights Church of Christ in McAllen, Texas. Welcome to this series of videos on the Gospel of Mark. I will have some things to say about the book of Mark in a general way, some introductory information, and then we're going to get right into Mark chapter 1. And my plan is to go through the book of Mark in a very survey approach with quick coverage of the narrative sections, but slowing down when we come to teaching sections. And that means when we come to sections where Mark is reporting what Christ said, we will slow down and take in his words for our life. Examples in Mark chapter 7 and chapter 10. I believe we'll find immediate benefit as we study about the life and teaching of our Lord from the book of Mark. So I ask you to open your Bible to the gospel according to Mark. We're going to move at a brisk pace because Mark moves quickly from event to event in the life of Christ. Have your Bible open to Mark chapter 1. My plan may change or have to be adjusted at some point, but for now, I want to try to cover one chapter in each video. I want to start with four quick observations about the Gospel of Mark. Number one, it is compact and concise, the shortest of the four Gospel accounts. You can read Mark in about a half hour to an hour, depending upon your reading speed. Number two, it was written by Mark, according to early references, shortly after the first century. Mark was a companion with Peter, Paul, and Barnabas, his cousin. His mother was Mary, who had a house in Jerusalem, Acts 12 and verse 12. At the end of Paul's life, he spoke fondly of Mark. You can read about that in 2 Timothy 4 and verse 11. Number three, the style of Mark, as I said earlier, is fast-paced. He moves from event to event in a rapid-fire approach with emphasis on the actions of Jesus. And then number four, there is good chronological order in the book of Mark from the preparation time of John the Baptist, Jesus' work in Galilee, Jerusalem, his suffering and death, resurrection, and great commission. Those are just a few introductory observations about the gospel of Mark. And with all that in mind, I want us to begin Mark chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 1 through 8. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. 
and all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So immediately we see something that this is different from the other gospel accounts in that Matthew begins with genealogy, Luke begins with the birth narratives of John and Jesus, the Gospel of John begins with the claims of the deity of Christ. Mark begins with Isaiah, who made prophecies of John the Baptist, the pioneer God sent to prepare the way. After citing the prophecy, Mark documents the fulfillment in verses 4 through 8. So this is about God at work sending his messenger to prepare the way. In this preliminary work of John, it was made clear the one he was introducing was greater, higher. He said, mightier than I. The mightier one came, verses 9 through 11. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee, and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. Let's pause there. Already you can see the rapid pace of Mark's style from one event quickly to the next, asking his readers to consider seriously what God was doing, what Jesus did. And of course, this truth calls for a response of obedient faith. Illustrating that response, Jesus was baptized not for the remission of his sins. He had no sin. This was to begin his work, and as Matthew reports, to fulfill all righteousness. Mark tells us that God was pleased. Now, over in Matthew, there is a more detailed account of Jesus' temptation. Mark just wrote this in two verses. I'm at verses 12 and 13. The Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness 40 days, being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals, and the angels were ministering to him, tempted by Satan, yet without sin. Remember, there's more detail over in Matthew chapter 4. We're in Mark 1, verses 14 and 15. Mark 1, 14 and 15. Keep your Bible open to Mark 1. 
Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Again, we observe Mark's rapid style. Details about this can be gleaned over in Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 3. Quickly, Mark's narrative moves on to Jesus' calling disciples. 16 through 20, Mark 1, 16 through 20. Passing along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, who were in their boat mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. So we are introduced to Simon, Andrew, James, and John. And what is striking here is the immediacy of the response of these men to Jesus. Now, in Mark 1, verses 21 through 28, we continue the healing work of Jesus. Mark 1, 21 through 28. And they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority, and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Verse 25, but Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. And they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits. And they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. First, these people in Capernaum were astonished at his teaching. And then when they became witnesses of what he was able to do in expelling the unclean spirit, they were even more amazed. And the result, his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. Another miracle, verses 29 through 34. 29 through 34 in Mark chapter 1. And immediately he left the synagogue 
and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now, Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered together at the door, and he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. So first, Simon's mother-in-law, that evening more were brought to him. Then it says the whole city. He healed many and would not permit the demons to speak of him. We are at verses 35 through 39 in our reading and brief comments from Mark chapter 1. Mark 1, 35 through 39. And rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go on to the next town, that I may preach there also, for this is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. Praying, preaching, Simon and others with him. He was preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. We are now at verse 40. Mark chapter 1, verse 40 through 45. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he searched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. I should read it this way. He stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. Verse 45, But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news, so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. Jesus, Mark says, was moved with pity and healed this man, but told him, say nothing to anyone, but he didn't do that. Verse 45 says he went out and began to talk freely about it, and the news spread. The result, Jesus could no longer openly enter a town. So that's Mark chapter 1, and I've given you very little commentary there. 
Now I'm going to talk to us about some important lessons we can learn from this opening chapter of Mark. God had a plan. He implemented that plan over time. And when the plan came to pass under the preaching of John the Baptist and then Jesus, God expects a response. We know from Ephesians chapter 1 and other passages that God conceived a plan to redeem sinners before the world began. Ephesians 1 says God's plan was his choice to save those in Christ. But God doesn't just gather up a random collection of predestined people and move them over into Christ. God expects a response. And we see that here in Mark chapter 1. Notice baptism, repentance, confession here in the chapter that we read, Mark chapter 1, in response to John's preaching. Then notice in verses 16 to 20, when Jesus called men to be his disciples, they immediately left their nets and followed him. That's a response. In both the preaching of John and Jesus, we see what we learn all through the New Testament, that God has this marvelous, gracious plan to save sinners, but he expects a response. He doesn't just gather up randomly a predestined collective and move them over into Christ. And for people today, we often cite Galatians 3.27, baptized into Christ. God expects people to respond. The activity of faith, we call it. And we see that this early in the New Testament, not just in Mark, but Matthew, Luke, and John as well. I believe we have a good example of both humility and courage in John the Baptist. Generally, we don't think of humility and courage together, but we see both of those qualities in all godly people in biblical accounts. John the Baptist did not want to start his own church or build a fan following for himself. He spoke strongly against sin. He urged confession of sin, repentance, and baptism, and was arrested, then executed, according to Matthew and Luke. Here is an example for us of humility and courage together. Both of these qualities produced by the activity of John's faith. I like to identify key words in Bible reading and Bible study, and all through Mark, there is a key word. In the English Standard Version, the word is immediately. If you have the King James, it may be in some cases the word straightway. Let's talk about that. This seems to go with the rapid pace that is Mark's style of writing. Here in Mark chapter 1 that we've studied in this video, look at verse 10, 12, 18, 20, 21, 23, 29, 30, and 42, immediately. This is how Mark writes. 
a rapid fire pace from one event to the next without the detail that you may find over in Matthew, Luke, or John. But in verses 18 through 20, something is illustrated. When Jesus called these men to follow him, as I mentioned earlier, straightway or immediately, they left their nets and followed him. The lesson illustrated by that is everything about Jesus should prompt an urgent response. Not the response that says, well, someday, someday I'm going to respond to Jesus. Someday I'm going to follow him. There are people who think about following Jesus all their lives, but never really start. Or if they start, they quit. There are people who talk about Jesus in favorable ways, but never obey the gospel as the New Testament teaches. Everything about Jesus should be considered urgently and without delay. Then I want to take us back. I want to take us back to verse 22. <clears throat> verse 22. I have that highlighted. They were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. <clears throat> Excuse me. There were, in the time of John and Jesus and Mark, a group of powerful men in the Jewish community, scribes and Pharisees. These men were teachers and leaders, <clears throat> but nothing, nothing like Jesus. Nothing like Jesus in the way they taught, in what they taught, or the way they lived. It did not require years of experience with Jesus or in-depth research to arrive at this conclusion. When these people heard Jesus, their response was astonishment. He taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. <clears throat> Application for us. There is nobody here on earth who can guide us, lead us, inform us, and save us, and grant hope and mercy to us like Jesus Christ. He is unique, divine, perfect, and our response to him is an urgent matter. That's Mark chapter 1. Thank you for listening.